Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am going to be talking all about cosmetology, bridal hair and makeup and bridesmaid hair and makeup, mother of the bride hair and makeup for your wedding or vow renewal or commitment ceremony at Walt Disney World. And today I am speaking with cosmetologist Patricia Lejeune, who does hair and makeup for scads of weddings all around the Orlando area every year and did my hair and makeup. And I've had the pleasure of working with her a couple other times for some photo shoots, and I wanted to have her share her knowledge with you so that you know the questions to be asking and what to be looking for when you are selecting a cosmetologist for your event. So welcome, Patricia. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining me here. We are actually live on location, so if the sound is a little funny this week, you'll know why. I'm having my hair done as we speak, (laughs) and if only we had a video podcast so you could see it. But I'm going to ask Patricia some questions here, and hopefully we'll get some insight into this process. So first of all, how did you get started doing bridal hair and makeup? I have always had a passion for makeup. That's how it started. And eventually that turned into hair as well. I got a job at a makeup counter in college, and I noticed that I was good at it. And I pursued further education with it so I could just do the best that I could with it. That's great. And so now this has evolved into doing on location and also at your own salon, bridal hair and makeup, among the many other services you offer. What do you love most about participating in Disney weddings specifically? I truly like Disney weddings. I like Disney. I like the whole fairy tale idea. And I like how, although you're in Florida, you can actually feel like you're in a different part of the world. And it's surrounded by, you know, Floridians, but you can go anywhere you want. You can have your own special dream. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I know that that was one of the reasons we even had a Disney wedding because it was like we were in Morocco, but we were also in Orlando. (laughs) So, okay. So I wanted to ask you some questions that will help brides get an idea, you know, maybe give them some research ideas, things to think about when they are looking for a cosmetologist. First of all, what are some good ways that they can start researching their options for cosmetology? I think they should ask for referrals from other brides. I think they need to look at portfolios. Reviews can sometimes be misleading. And I think a simple conversation with someone that you're interested in using, just so you can see if the two of you have a good connection, that would help. Yeah, that's a really good point because you do spend a lot of very intimate time with this person. And so you need to be on the same wavelength so that you can very quickly get to the same idea of what you're going for. Yes. Yes, you do. You know, everyone has a different idea of what natural makeup is. And someone may say, I I use makeup every day, but that might be mascara and chapstick. And f- for someone else, 
wearing makeup every day might mean everything, foundation, primer, eyeshadow, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it just makes a difference that both of you are on the same wavelength. So what kinds of questions should brides be asking potential cosmetologists? I think one of the main questions that a lot of brides don't ask is if that cosmetologist is licensed and insured. They need to make sure that they have liability insurance. If you were working at Disney, Disney requires that you have, I believe it's a one or a $2 million policy to be on Disney property. Wow. And it benefits the bride if the person that you're using is licensed and insured. That's good to know. Yeah, that's definitely not something I considered. I guess I got lucky. <laughs> well, we are licensed and insured <laughs> and have been for quite a while. That's great. What would you suggest? You talked about this a little bit a second ago. What would you suggest for brides who don't usually wear makeup and maybe they're not even sure they want a cosmetologist? What kinds of things should they look for? I think that a trial is definitely in need when you don't wear a lot of makeup because you you will have to wear some, but you still have to feel pretty. I know that you get your hair and your makeup done for photos, but if you don't feel pretty with what you have on, then you feel overdone and it will eventually show through your photos. So a trial is most definitely a priority and you need to be on the same wavelength with the person that's going to do it to where their idea of natural is your same idea. Can you describe the difference between airbrush and traditional makeup? Airbrush makeup is specially formulated to be sprayed through an air gun. It's tiny, tiny little dots of foundation, and they adhere themselves to your skin, leaving your skin extremely soft, and it should look almost flawless. That also has a lot to do with what the person's skin looked like before. The better your skin looks, the better the airbrush foundation will look. Traditional foundation is put on with a brush and you have to blend it into your pores, into your skin and make sure that it looks smooth. I find that traditional makeup does not last as long as airbrush foundation. Airbrush foundation also comes in three different types. You have water base, silicone base, and you have alcohol base. Silicone base is very heavy. So if you're wanting a natural look, it's not going to work for you. Alcohol base covers a multitude of things, but it's also very drying. Water-based foundation that is specially formulated for airbrush will last 12 to 15 hours, and it will look the softest. That is what we use most of the time. Unless someone has a severe mark, then we would go ahead and add a little bit of alcohol-based airbrush, but just on that spot. Interesting. Okay, so you can kind of combine them. Mm -hmm. What state do you prefer bride's hair to be in when you start? I know that depending on who you talk to, some cosmetologists like it dry, some like it clean, some like it dirty. What do you usually say? You know, it depends per each client, but most likely day-old hair is perfect for us. Whatever, if you wash it just the day before and just let it be. If you're wanting curls, don't flat iron the day before and do not have your hair wet. That just never works. It adds an additional 40 minutes to your service because if your hair is curly and you show up with wet hair, we would need to go ahead and blow dry it first, 
flat iron only the root and then curl the rest to make sure that it looks the way that you're wanting it to look. So bouncing off of that, is it really possible for brides with straight hair to get a curly downdo that stays or are they better off putting up their hair because I know sometimes the curls start to fall out? You know, I think if your wedding is going to be in a closed environment, if you're going to be in a ballroom, if you're going to be, you know, inside one of the hotels, it could be possible, but you have to be realistic at the same time. We can do as much as we can. We can set the hair and it will last a moderate amount. But by the end of the evening, if you start dancing, it's going to start falling. If you're going to be outside, then I would definitely recommend that you go up. With the humidity, sometimes in Florida, we can do the absolute best to set it and make sure that it holds, but it's also reality. Right. Okay, cool. Now, what about extensions or clip-ins? Is that a good alternative for somebody who wants a downdo, but their hair isn't very curly? Extensions help. You have to match the extensions to the type of hair that you have. For example, if your hair is very fine, you cannot add thick extensions because it's going to put too much weight on your hair. If your hair is very thick, then you have to add sufficient hair to where it doesn't seem like you're losing your hair when you put just a few pieces in. Extensions do help. Usually we will curl them ahead of time and have them set. So when we place them and we curl the bride's hair, we just mix them with those. We mix them with the extensions, and then it seems to hold a little better. But if someone has pin, pin straight hair, and they're wanting curls, you'll end up with a wave. Interesting. Okay. Are you seeing any trends in the requests you're getting from brides lately? Fishtail braids. That seems to be one of the most popular um, trends that we're seeing, or any type of braid. Rope braids. They have the snake braid. But I feel it's a trend. It looks nice as a trend. But you also have to consider, will I still like my braid five, ten years down the road when you look at your wedding photos? So sometimes it's nice to incorporate them towards the back and not right in the front. Okay, that's a good point. Do you have any beauty tips to help brides get ready for the big day? Yes, I am a huge fan of the Clarisonic. It's a little toothbrush for your face, basically. But I have found that brides that start using that with sufficient time, their skin almost looks airbrushed before we actually airbrush their faces. That and hydrating their hair. I feel sometimes when a bride goes ahead and we all do it, when you wash your hair, you have your routine and you tend to put your shampoo all over the hair and then you do the same thing with the conditioner. I am a huge fan of shampoo twice and condition from the ears down. That way you keep your volume towards the back and you're only conditioning what needs the condition. Interesting. Okay. And I would add my own tip about the Clarisonic because if you have acne prone skin like I do and you can't use Clarisonic a lot because like my cleanser has little scratchy beads in it, I found that I can use it like once a week and then the morning of the makeup application and it's almost as good as someone who's been using it continually for six weeks. So now how soon before the ready by time do you recommend starting hair and makeup? It depends on the amount of services. I like to have the bride fully done by the time the photographer arrives. 
That way I feel that we can just fake some of the getting ready shots and then you're not wasting your time. You can use your photographer in other ways while you're there. Many brides, I don't believe that they're going to want to showcase the photos of them in pin curls and no makeup on and you're getting started. It looks prettier if your face is done and you're adding a little bit of lip gloss and just adding the last accessory to the hair instead of finishing right before you need to get picked up. You need to leave yourself sufficient time to get dressed, to walk from wherever your room is all the way to where you're getting picked up. And sometimes that can be left out, which causes undue stress the day of. Yeah, that's a good point. And you and I were talking about this earlier that a lot of the deluxe Disney resorts are huge and the wings are really long. And if you're at the end of a wing at Boardwalk or Animal Kingdom, you don't even think about the extra 10 or 15 minutes it's going to take you to get out to where you need to go. So then some questions about your services specifically. Do you travel out to the Disney resorts for hair and makeup? We most certainly do. And do you have an early morning fee? We do not have an early morning fee. We do have a travel fee. But we do not charge extra if someone is needing to be ready super early. Okay, cool. Is there a minimum number of services required? Yes, we require six services. And that can be three hair, three makeups, or six hair, or five hair, one makeup, however you would like to mix that up. And where can my listeners go to learn more about what you offer? You can go to www.lejeuneartistry.com. Okay, and I'll put a link in the body of this post and some pictures of Patricia's work so you can see what she's done in the past. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Patricia. I think you've offered some great tips for someone who's just starting out trying to find who they want to have do their hair and makeup, things to consider, and also interesting to hear about the trends. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com.